Jurassic Park 3 Minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Boom Time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And on this episode, we'll be discussing Minute 80 of Jurassic Park 3. But Dave, before we get to that, over at Jurassic-pedia.com, we have a little article up here about the uh, the whole military rescue that we see last minute in this next couple of minutes as well. Mm-hmm. Done by Trinosaur TJ and uh, has a good little write-up here of uh, what we're seeing on screen. Yeah, this was one of those ones that I um I did I didn't this was originally by uh, Transfer TJ and this was one of the ones I just added one of the pictures to you know. Yep, and of course we have here the uh, what these amphibious vehicles are and the uh, the SH sixty Seahawks as well that we see flying to and from the island in these minutes. Yeah, nice big panoramic picture there, and of course um, <clears throat> a little small recap of how we got here and. Um, recap of the scene itself hmm. and that beautiful Hawaiian waters in the background oh yeah really <laughs> and if you see further off from the shore probably CGI you can see what looks to be possibly another one of the um, amphibious vehicles coming off onto the shore and two carriers out on the horizon hmm. yep so yeah head over to dress-pedia.com for uh, that article and uh, a lot more on the Jurassic franchise Mm-hmm. You have to thank her now. She said the Navy and the Marines. God bless you, Ellie. Alright, Dave, ready to get into minute 80. Yeah. As we land in minute 79 of Jurassic Park 3, 2nd Squadron land on the beaches of East Sauna in the amphibious landing craft. Eric looked on in amazement and told Grant, You have to thank her now. She sent the Army and the Marines. And as we start on minute 80, Grant just smiles and says, Bless you, Ellie. At the seven second mark, as Jurassic Park militarized theme picks up, we pull back to see the survivors walking towards the Marines as they all stand there with their guns, waiting for an attack that'll never come. At the 14 second mark, we cut inside one of the Seahawk helicopters as the man with the bullhorn asks Grant, Is this man with you? Grant's confused and says, What? At 26 second mark, Grant squats down beside a heavily bandaged man, and we realise it's Billy. Billy smiles warily at Grant and says, Hey, you made it. He reaches under the gurney and pulls out a badly beaten hat. He says, Hey, I rescued your hat. Grant's choked up and replies, Well, that's the important thing. The 54 second mark, second squad load back in the amphibious crafts, and make to leave the island. And as the minute ends, up above, the Seahawk helicopters have taken off and are heading out over the ocean towards the naval ships. As the uh, militaristic JP theme here continues, we get Eric finishing the sentence from last minute. She sent the Navy and the Marines. <laughs> and I I mentioned earlier when we are back in the aviary and we got this sort of militaristic theme of the, uh, or version of Jurassic theme, and how um, I didn't seem to mind it there, and it's sort of always been one of those not really liking at the end of the film here, but uh, as we did mention then, it has been used other places in the in the film series as well, so it um, it's not as grating on me this time around watching it. Yeah. But we zoom past Eric to Grant, who just shakes his head slowly and says, God bless you, Ellie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> amazed at uh, how she seems to have moved heaven and earth to get these uh, Marines here. Which, um, we could bring up the question, we know at the start of the film we've seen the Coast Guard plane flying overhead, do you reckon these, um, 
these vessels are in the area, in the vicinity? They'd have to be to get mm. in this quick. I'd imagine so, yeah. It's possible that, I mean, in, I mean, knowing the Navy, I mean, it's pretty easy. They'd be, like, buried under mountains of paperwork before they even launched. But, I mean, it's a movie, <laughs> so that doesn't happen. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, it's likely they launched from a base off of the mainland and got in just steam uh sail their way over to the island yeah yep. i mean it takes i mean probably around an hour or two to get there by helicopter imagine it wouldn't take much longer by boat you know hmm. i was gonna say maybe a couple hours yeah yeah well i could imagine the um the seahawks being launched early and flown down to start the search before the uh mm-hmm. support ships and that all got there mm-hmm. um it's one of those things too. We do know from the end of the Lost World that um, there was a heavy, heavy navy presence around the SS Venture as it went back to Sauna, and um, mm-hmm. that would have slowly um, got smaller and smaller. The uh, the party there surrounding the islands after the incident, but uh, we talked back then with that minute what exactly was still being patrolled, and that if there was uh, poachers and that sort of thing going on the islands, how much of a, a force they had there to uh, to keep the animals or keep people off the island. Mm-hmm. But the group run, runs forward um, towards the landing craft and uh, quickly surrounded by Marines, all joined by the uh, the guy in the suit. And that's when we cut inside a helicopter, uh, the man in the suit, leading the way, still holding his bull, bullhorn, and uh, he helps Eric inside. And as Grant enters, he says, Dr. Grant, is this man with you? And uh, Grant answers what, sort of not knowing <laughs> what he's uh, talking about. And then the, uh, the man in the suit points mm-hmm. forward and... Um, down the chopper and we move aft to uh, we see Eric get a big smile on his face as he realises who's laying there and Amanda and Paul come in just as Grant squats down next to uh, a gurney and we see a heavily bandaged Billy lying on his back mm-hmm. um, yeah, I assume that Billy I mean, I'm sorry uh, Grant did not think that Billy survived that at all so in scripture, scripted he actually didn't so he, I'd very, so he would be very surprised to see him suddenly. Mm. Yeah, definitely how uh, how those animals were pecking at him as he was going down those rapids and disappearing. It, uh, like we mentioned previously when we first started hearing the helicopter sounds too, that possibly that was uh, this helicopter that had already gone and found him was coming back towards the beach mm-hmm. and the man in black or man in the suit was already there. I would have liked just the peppering of some helicopter sounds maybe a little bit earlier in the film too while they were walking through the jungle um, just so they knew that the helicopters were there but they had the next problem of trying to signal them, get to the beach and signal the choppers as well. But um, It actually wouldn't have been a bad idea. That would have been a, like, it would have added tension to the ending here. So mm. it's not just suddenly an abrupt ending. It's more, okay, we the helicopters are there. How do we signal them? How do we get there, you know? Yeah, well, that was the whole reason they were taking the parachute to the coast, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been good for Grant to uh, realise that he threw that flare gun away where maybe he could have used it again, but it, um, this is how we uh, how we go out. They both smile at each other, and Billy says weakly, hey, you made it, and uh, Grant replies, yeah. And um, that's when Billy says, I rescued your hat, and pulls Alan's hat out from under the gurney, um, and behind, behind him, the man in the suit says, Dr. Grant, we need to go now. Mm-hmm. Last time we seen Alan wearing the hat was when they fell into the uh, into the cage or fell into the water with the cage behind him at the aviary. So it must have done a good job floating downstream with Billy <laughs> for him to uh, to grab it again. Mm-hmm. 
And unlike the uh, hat on Ublar, it, uh, this one has been returned. Yeah. And again, this is kind of one of those problems I have where I feel like it's um, it's like kind of being Indiana Jones, where, I mean, anybody who's ever watched Indiana Jones know that that, that uh, Indiana always gets his hat back. It's his lucky, it's his lucky charm. And I almost kind of felt like they're doing that with the brown fedora in this movie. And I just, I mean, like, really, was the was the hat really needed to return? <laughs> well, it doesn't help when you help when you got Randy Newman doing the song <laughs> with it as well. But um, it, it's funny we bring this up because uh, over at um, Indiana Jones Minute, they're uh, just starting Crystal Skull and. Uh, they're discussing there about how in Crystal Skull the uh, Indy's hat seems to be have some sort of majestic properties where it um, it has to be seen has to be, has to be it is Indiana Jones that hat so seeing mm-hmm. it here as well. well I mean, even though even the poster I got I got a framed original marquee poster for for the movie and it says on it if adventure has a name it has to be Indiana Jones so I mean yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because in the in the in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he was intended to have lost the hat after he got after he was on the U boat, and that gray hat you see him wearing at the end that was his replacement. Hmm. You know, and I mean the hat wasn't really that big of a deal. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, it made the costume. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And then to, yeah, to have Grant here, mate. I don't think it's a callback to. Harrison Ford originally going to be Grant. I don't think Harrison Ford would be still around if, if he did do Grant in the first film. He would have uh, probably said goodbye to this franchise a long time ago. But mm-hmm. um, well, you know, we do know that he can be bought back into a franchise. Well, yeah, he probably would have been killed by the Trinodons at the end of this film if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I mean, uh, for example, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, Harrison Ford, but he loves the Indiana Jones character, but he was never big on the um, character of Han Solo, and he basically uh, he wanted to kill the character off after Empire Strikes Back, and Lucas said no. He wanted to kill the character off in Return of the Jedi. Lucas said no, and finally Disney brought him back one last time, and he's like, okay, I'll do it, but I need like a huge stack of cash. Mm. Yeah, there's a um. There's been a long history of actors in these some of these big franchises. Sort of as the films go on, progress, they have their own sort of demands and what they want to do with the uh, mm-hmm. with the film. I remember Sigourney Weaver in uh, Aliens. Yeah, Aliens uh, didn't want any guns, and that's why when uh, we got back for Alien Three, there's no guns in that film whatsoever because she was producing by then. Um, and then she had some other demands. She wanted to sleep with the alien, other things as well, which we sort of got in Resurrection, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that that's been long, long sort of known, known talked about when Force Awakens was coming out. Would Harrison Ford have his wish and finally die, or would Disney say, "No, we want you for three more films"? <laughs> he get locked into a contract. No, I I guarantee you, one of the conditions of him coming back to uh, Star Wars was to kill permanently kill off the character. You know. Mm. Yep. But. Uh, Alan takes a hat from Billy and says, oh, yeah, and uh, seems choked up at it. And as he continues, well, that's the important thing. So he he knows it's just a hat. He's more happy to see Billy alive here than what uh, than the hat coming back. But um, the two mm-hmm. smile again as Alan goes to his uh, seat as they are all buckled in. 
and uh, as the minute ends, we get that theme music pick up again as we pan past uh, the troops getting back in the landing craft and the Seahawk on their way out to, sh- out to the ocean and leaving the island behind. And if not on that, you want to talk about before we get into novel and script comparisons? No, I think uh, that we've pretty much covered that one. All right. Uh, in the novel, we get Grant on their chopper discovering Billy, much like we do in the film. Uh, Grant apologizes to Billy that this happened, and Billy responds, horse... Uh, horse, horse I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> um, <Billy's, laughs> Billy can't really talk real well, but uh, he says, are you kidding? Uh, you know the kind of stories, or great stories, I'll be able to tell now. Uh, hey, it was worth it, and that's uh, when we get the hat return. So Billy's a lot more upbeat about um, surviving <laughs> the incident in the, uh, in the novel. Um, a medic uh, rests Billy's head down on the pillow as he drifts off to sleep again with medications and the medic says he's lost a lot of blood but he's going to make it so we get a little bit there from uh, a medic that we don't see in the film and mm-hmm. uh, Grant straps into his seat and uh, sitting back and relaxing for the first time in days as the chopper lifts into the air so a little bit there a little bit more there as well I do like the word kind of how he's re- saying relaxing for the first time in days just because in the novel, The Lost World, it's the island is described as a very, very stressful environment for the dinosaurs. And I could imagine, or I can only imagine um, how it would be for a human stuck on the island to feel like being in this constant fear of being attacked, you know? Well, everything in that jungle can kill you. <laughs> even, <laughs> even just plants or uh, snakes. The non mm-hmm. the non dinosaur ways to go out as well in those tropical jungles, spiders, yeah, it's not a it's not a very safe place and it's 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 even uh, at the end of Jurassic Park when they're on the helicopter, like the kids are sleeping and they're um they're relaxing there as well, knowing that they're safe and flying to the uh, mainland again. Mm-hmm. Over in the script, as we in the last minute, Grant had looked through the uh, speedboat's wreckage and had discovered the Frito tracks in the sand, and that's when he uh, realised they weren't home free yet. Uh, two helicopters fly overhead and one starts to land. Alan runs forward yelling, no, stay back, they're in the trees. And that's when the tops of the trees begin to shake. Uh, at first it looks like the uh, downwind from the chopper above, but then a pteranodon is, uh, flies out of the foliage, followed by 20 more, and it's a terrifying sight. So, again, we had it in the uh, in the novelization, and now we're going to have it in the script, the uh, pteranodons attacking a helicopter <laughs> once again. Mm-hmm. They, they sure do like uh, those Trondons attacking the helicopters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, terrified, the Costa Rican chopper pilot veers away, but the uh, Trondons are already on him. Uh, they smash at the windows, grab at the skids, and the chopper rolls wildly. One over one over eager Trondon sticks his head up high, getting decapitated by the blades, which that seems more like a little bit of a <laughs> Looney Tunes moment, maybe. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, at the same time, I mean, that's, like, painful. I mean, does it say that the helicopter crashes after that? Because, I mean, that's, it, like, what's going to happen. Yeah, it does. And I'm I'm only thinking forward to Jurassic World and uh, Maserati's chopper going down. It's, it's one thing for him to attack a helicopter, but it's another thing for him to completely uh, stay clear of the rotor blades and just attack the important bits. Um, mm-hmm. or the safe bits because the same thing from memory happens there there's no no killed animals by some, some maybe coming down from above or being higher than the uh, the cockpit and getting hit by those rotor blades but 
but no, the next uh, next minute that um, the chopper does go down, um, eh? the second chopper touches. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. Well, as um, as big and fast spinning as helicopter rotor blades are, they are fairly brittle because <laughs> they are spinning at exactly, phenomenal speeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they hit if they hit a a big hulking or maybe not hulking, but a, a large animal like a pteranodon, as um, as spindly as they are, it, it's still probably do do the damage and that it's not described but that's most likely what happens with the uh, chopper next minute um, mm-hmm. but uh, the second chopper touches down the beach amanda paul and eric jump in but uh, grant's still down the beach running towards them and that's uh that's where we'll leave the script for uh today dave anything else on minute 80 you want to discuss before we get heavy for today yeah, i think we're uh, covered that pretty well all right lovely if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven could get me on that island. you Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Charlie, take the phone to mommy now. It's the it's the dinosaur there. Okay.